0: Hello and welcome to Net Worth Revolution. This is the first episode or podcast of our adventure into building the Net Worth Revolution brand. So what is a Net Worth Revolution brand? Well, it's a podcast and a blog and YouTube that interviews successful people that are involved in different businesses, side projects, side hustles, real estate investing, stocks, you name it, pretty much anything that that helps generate income to get somebody's net worth to be above that million dollar threshold. Everybody wants to be a millionaire, but not everybody is willing to work hard enough to become a millionaire, and not everybody's going to win the lottery. So a couple years ago, I realized I was in my early 30s, and I made a substantial amount of money but I also spent a substantial amount of money, leaving us with not a whole lot of assets. You know, We had our 401k, our Roth IRA, our Roth 401k, but we didn't have anything that was really generating passive income for us. And this all goes back to uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which if you haven't checked it out, I strongly suggest you read it. But you know, poor people buy liabilities and rich people buy assets. And it took me a second to figure that out. So we cleaned up our spending lived on a budget and we started purchasing stocks that yielded dividends and started exploring into investment real estate. And we bought a two family duplex to live in one half half and have our renter paid to live in the other half. And we realize a lot of people are afraid, including myself, to take the action required to generate a high net worth and have assets generated income for you so you can have those luxurious items you want for some people it's a car for some people it's a nice house a Rolex whatever whatever it is that you you desire for me it's uh, college tuition paid for for my kid and passive income where I could become financially free and financially free is all my bills all my expenses are paid for by assets generating revenue, which allows me to essentially do whatever I want. That could be continuing to invest in real estate, uh, working on passion projects, the family farm, whatever. But it allows me that freedom to not have a nine to five and you know punch the clock. So as we continue on, we're going to interview people that have had side projects, stocks, real estate, All that good stuff generating income, and we're going to ask them to share their story with us. And the hope is that it motivates you, the listener, to take a chance and pursue financial freedom and get your net worth over a million dollars. So with this being the first episode, I thought I'd talk a little bit more about myself. Now, I'm recording this on June 21st, 2020. It is Father's Day. It is the six-year anniversary of me marrying the, my, the love of my wife, or love of my life, and uh, I had an awesome seven-mile run this morning. So this is uh, one of the biggest days for me in a long time. There's a lot going on, and I felt it would be a perfect day to record this podcast. So back a little bit more about me. Uh, I grew up on a blueberry farm in the midwest so a hard work ethic was instilled into me at a very young age um, probably average intelligence uh been working on a lot of confidence issues as i've gotten older and realized that i wasn't the most confident person which made me not make the best decisions um, didn't really have that much fun in high school i had a lot of fun outside of high school <laughs> but just not in it and uh i didn't go to like college or pursue a secondary education once I turned 18. Kind of wandered around until I was about 23 years old and started working for a company um, locally in an industry I'd never worked in before and realized that if I wanted to do more of my life or to move up there, I had to make some changes, and the first of which was going back to school. And I enrolled back in school, and within a year, I got my first promotion there and continued to build that education and became licensed by the state for a trade. And now I manage roughly 40 people total, uh, including direct and non-direct reports. So I essentially started at the very bottom of that company and moved quite a ways up and have a lot of freedom, but can also make a lot of change because I recognize a lot of that raw talent that people have, that may not have the credentials to do the job, but I can help them get the credentials and help them better their lives. So that kind of shifted into why I wanted to create this podcast, because I feel like I've changed a decent amount of lives at work, and let's see what we could do if we unleash the power of the internet and social media and hear another people share their story. Uh, so like I said, when I got into my early 30s, you know, I was making a decent amount of money. And I still am. I'm grateful for that company. Uh, my goal is to retire from there once I become financially free. Um, so don't take it that I hate the company I work for. That's not it. I love it. It's just I've always had this passion. Um, so, Like when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, I always had these entrepreneurial thoughts and wanted to start a business and re- would write business plans. And the one that stuck out in particular was real estate. I would always figure out the numbers to purchase a house, rent it out, pay down the mortgage on it, and use equity from that house to purchase another house, rent and repeat, yada, yada. And I realized this at a very young age. Nobody taught it to me. So it's just, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like in the pit of my stomach screaming at me that you should do this. And i had a mentor in my early 20s that had a duplex and he said nathan all you have to do is give me ten thousand dollars and i will owner finance it to you so it's not on your credit and you'll be off to the races and unfortunately at that time ten thousand dollars meant that i wasn't going to have a lot of fun for that year and like a young idiot i i chose to have fun for that year instead of buying a, that first duplex and now i would bend over backwards if somebody said nate i will owner finance you a two-family unit for ten thousand dollars down you know that's a dream that's what i'm looking for but i hit the 30s and realized i need to make a change so as i touched on we started controlling our spending a little bit better and uh we've purchased our first investment property and currently we only have the one but we are in the works of looking for the next one and i want to touch on a little bit how i found that property um We found an area that had a really good school district and the really good median household income and houses averaged around 180 to 350, give or take, for a, a nicer house. And there really wasn't a lot of places to rent around here. And the cool thing is there's two school districts in this city and you can choose either one. And they're both really good school districts. So you can do school of choice, but still have your kids get picked up by the bus. So i really wanted to find a city like that or an area to start purchasing investment properties in so what i did one sunday with my wife is we drove around and i wrote down the address of every single duplex triplex and quadplex in the area that i thought looked like it would meet our criteria and i wrote a letter to each individual owner who i found owned it on the county website and found their actual address Stating, you know, we moved to the area, we fell in love with it, we want to put roots down here, and we would like to buy your property if you're interested in selling. And I put in there that I wasn't a wholesaler, a real estate agent, or a flipper. Like, we were actually going to live in it for a while, and but we wanted a two-family unit. And then analysis paralysis hit. I had all these letters written in the envelope with a stamp on it, and I didn't send it out right away. And I don't know why apart from just being scared like what if somebody actually called me back i hadn't gotten pre-approved for a mortgage yet i knew my credit was good enough and that i could get a mortgage and we had a down payment but yeah i have never done this before i didn't know what to do and finally one day it was another sunday ironically i just said screw it i'm gonna go drop the letters off and we'll see what happens two days later I was sitting in class, and I got a text message from a gentleman that said, hey, I got your letter. Uh, I'm going to put my duplex on the MLS in five days if you do, you want to come look at it. So I immediately texted him back, and we were going to Georgia that weekend. Now, um, well, I said I like to travel quite a bit, and we were. So we did a two-day trip in Georgia that weekend. I took the following Monday off, and we walked in. It you know, looked very dated, but the bones were good on it, and there weren't any holes in the wall. The doors were all good. Kitchen was good. I mean, it looked like a solid little place. And um, he looked at me and said, "All right, I'm going to list it on the MLS Friday. You have to let me know uh, by then if you want to buy it." So I ran all the numbers using a calculator on BiggerPockets.com. If you haven't checked out BiggerPockets and you're into real estate, I strongly suggest you do. Um, and the numbers worked. It cash flowed. I was able to set money aside each month for capital expenditures. And you know the tenant was going to be paying roughly half our mortgage while we lived there, which means our expenses would be even lower and allow us to save more cash. So I said, yeah. I called him back and said, I'll buy it. What do I do? Well, lo and behold, his son is a real estate broker in the area. And uh, he completely walked us through everything. The guy didn't make a commission on it. You know, we got he helped us get it under contract, he hooked us up with an inspector, uh, walked us through, you know, pretty much held our hands. And once again, this guy wasn't making a penny off of us. I think he charged his father-in-law two hundred and fifty bucks for listening the house. And he just said, You guys are lucky, you know, I believe God brought you guys together because I had seven people waiting in line to bid on this thing, uh, waiting in line to bid on this thing once it hit the MLS. And when he told me about your letter, I said, there's no way it was real. And Bill said, no, no, it's real. So Will, uh, his name is Will, he walked us through it. And we closed on it later, I think it was December 18. So it was an amazing journey. And, you know, a couple months before that, I never dreamed we could have done that. Uh, Will, ironically, will be the only real estate agent I work with for the rest of my investing career and for when we want to find a home of our own. So that just goes to show you that even though he didn't get paid a little bit, just the way he treated us and worked with us, I will always work with that guy. He'll have my business for life, and I refer him. I refer everybody I know that wants to buy a house to him. I don't know if they've actually done it, but just I can't stress enough how going out of your way and building those relationships—you never know where it could come. It could come back and benefit you. So we we have the duplex. And during that time, you know, a lot of people realized I was doing it because I've always read if if you're passionate about something, talk about it with everybody. Well, we have another gentleman now that wants to be part of it and who is a little more financially, you know, to do than what we are at this point and is willing to provide us with the capital we need to buy our next investment property. So got to break the analysis paralysis and get to work and find the next one. Essentially, what we're looking for is a house that needs a little bit of work, and it's a distressed seller. Essentially, a divorce, a death in the family, uh, they neglected maintenance, it smells like dog pee, cigarettes, whatever. But they need to sell it, they're too embarrassed to put it on the MLS, so they're looking for somebody that will buy it cash. And now we we will find that property by doing direct mail marketing again. So drive around, look for yards that haven't been mowed in a long time, broken down cars, you know, junk in there. Um, just anything that would show that the seller may be interested in selling but are too embarrassed to put it on the MLS. And then we'll also go through a wholesaler. A wholesaler is somebody that does similar things similar to what I said but has a deal under contract. And they typically assign a fee for you to take over that contract. And we'd go in, fix it up and refinance it, take that money out, and buy the next one. And part of starting this podcast, you know, I want to continue to share that story with everybody um, for future interviews on top of everybody else that we're already interviewing. So I'm going to keep it short on this one. Uh, That's a little bit about me and a little bit about what the podcast is. So make sure you subscribe. uh, Throw a comment out there for us as that will help us in the rankings. And we've already... Recorded quite a few episodes with some awesome business owners and side hustlers that we will be launching soon. So until the next time, this is Nathan with Network Revolution. We'll talk to you later.